many of us relied on the love of friends and family to make sense of the September 11th attacks. But others, including some journalists, had to find their way alone with no one to lean on. Welcome to Reporting on 9-11, where we hear the emotional, true stories of local journalists who brought us the news from the World Trade Center, the Pentagon, and Shanksville, Pennsylvania, two decades ago. I'm your host, David DeRoche. In this episode, we're going to hear from John Rosen on 9-11. He was a young, single television news manager who was working as an executive producer at a station in New Haven, Connecticut, just 80 miles away from Ground Zero. He had just moved into a new apartment, and he still hadn't fully unpacked. That morning, I was actually waiting for the cable guy to arrive because I was getting my cable installed, having just moved in. The only station I got was our own station, Channel 8, and I was, you know, circa 2001, reading the paper, eating breakfast with Good Morning America on uh, as background noise, just kind of sitting there. You know, they showed the video of the plane hitting the first tower and then jaw dropped, just kind of sat there stunned watching it all and saw the second plane hit. And once the first tower collapsed, you know, it was time to pack up and get to work and get into the newsroom and cancel the cable guy. Once he got into the TV station, John had decisions to make. He was safe inside the building, but his job was to send reporters down toward New York City and into potential danger. It was, oh my God, what do we do now? Because it was unlike anything else. I mean, you have your natural disasters and your plane crashes and events like that occur. And, you know, when you got to wrangle everybody to do coverage. But, you know, we didn't know what we were sending people into. We didn't know if we were under attack. We didn't, it was just there was so much that was unknown. I remember that. But what we did know for you know, a fact is that there were going to be plenty of people who died in the tower. There were going to be people who also survived, plenty of people who commuted in and out of New York City every day. So we knew, obviously, that there was going to be news to cover and stories to cover. We just didn't exactly know how close we were going to get, what we were going to get, who we were going to talk to, who we were going to see. Since the networks were handling the coverage from Ground Zero, John and other station managers decided to talk to people who were escaping the city. So he sent a reporter to a Metro North commuter rail station. We just knew that swarms of people were going to be coming in on Metro North. And uh, one of our reporters, she got the interview that will stick with me forever. She got the guy coming off the train who was probably, you know, in his late 20s, who she just walked with, with the microphone and the camera rolling. And he just told the story. Here's a small part of that interview. I was on the 24th floor, and uh, the first plane hit, and the building rocked to the right and back. And I opened the door of the uh, conference room, and I saw the plane go by, and people falling. It's all right, Dad. You know, it was his voice of just shock and awe and 
being completely stunned by what unfolded and talking about walking down the stairs of one of the towers and, and getting out of there with his life when he knew that so many people didn't get out. And that was the most important part of being the storyteller and being the reporter there was just letting him tell the story. She just walked with him and held the microphone there, and he told the story. And that, that was really all you needed to know about the experience of that day from somebody who was, who was out there. But 9-11 wasn't a one-day story. As a producer and a news manager, John worked with the reporters to keep telling stories in the days that followed. It wasn't that it was difficult coming up with content and what to do. You know, that was the easy part. There was so much, there were Connecticut victims and there were Connecticut families that were impacted. And, and that was, that is always the hardest part. You know, anytime that you're having to talk to family members of people who have died and especially in something, you know, this shocking and this tragic, I mean, that's, that's my least favorite part as news manager to have to tell a reporter, go try and get this person to talk to you. So that was a challenge, and give it up to all the reporters who went at it day after day to go and get those interviews and have those difficult conversations with family members. He also used his own sources to find stories that no one else had. We did a lot with the local crews that were going in there to do search and rescue. There were fire departments from all over this area. I did have a personal connection to a woman who grew up in Connecticut. One of the guys who I swam with in the morning, his daughter is a forensic anthropologist, and she got called as a first responder to the towers and got caught in the debris cloud and beat up by debris, and she survived. But then she was one of the people who was the lead on site, who was there identifying remains for the weeks and months after that. That was my get for a story, just because I had this connection to this Connecticut native who was in there who survived the collapse as a first responder and then was just doing this heroic, odd job of having to identify remains. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. John says coverage of the attacks became his life for the days, weeks, and months that followed. But while he was doing great work professionally, his personal life was suffering. It had an impact because I was there dealing with it at work every day. And then when he got out of work, it was all anybody ever wanted to talk about. So not only was it my professional life, but it was personal life. So it was hard to kind of escape it. And it was really, it wore on you. It was, it was tough. You know, I've now been involved in this pandemic for a year and a half, uh, Hurricane Katrina. Um, but 9-11 was the toughest. It was the most difficult. He says the worst part was going home at night to an empty apartment especially on that first night after the attacks. I think I probably left work at 9 o'clock that night and walked into this apartment that I was half moved into, and I've never felt more alone. It, It was just shocking. Just, you know, it was exhausting. It was an exhausting day, and just kind of getting home and like, holy shit, what just happened? And just knowing that, It was such an exhausting day, and oh my God, I'm going to have to go 
back and do this again tomorrow <laughs> and the next day. I remember coming home and being so relieved that my message light was blinking on my answering machine, that people were, you know, called to, you know, just talk and say hi, or, you know, my mom and dad, or I, I don't even remember who called, but, um, you know, just at least that there was like other voices to, you know, I was living alone and it was just nice to hear other voices that day one, that night, and just the, the emptiness and, and loneliness after it happened was something that stuck with me for a while. John left TV news in 2006 because he was tired of covering what he calls gloom and doom and tragedy. He started working in video production and sales. He never thought he would go back, but he did. Nearly 10 years later, he rejoined his old station in New Haven as a producer. But now, there's a big difference. After a day of covering gloom and doom, he now goes home to a wife and kids and cable TV. Eventually, yes, the cable guy came, I think a couple weeks later, had to wait, you know, lost my place in lines, but uh, you know, got the cable. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Reporting on 9-11. This episode was reported, written, edited, and produced by Ben Bogardis, a journalism professor at Quinnipiac University, and hosted by me, David DeRoche. I'm the Director of Community Programming at the University. Special thanks for this episode go out to John Rosen, Quinnipiac University's School of Communications, and the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio, where this episode was recorded. For more stories from journalists who covered 9-11, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And also be sure to check out the other shows produced here at the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio by going to qu.edu slash podcast.